after me. Today's message has something for me. All right, we're ready to roll. I believe all of them do, but I'll tell you what, this, this one this week has been one where you got to watch your toes, because I always pour it through my life first, I can promise you that, and I saw areas in my life that I've got to adjust. Anybody got to make some course corrections at time to time? That's good. Aren't you glad the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, will give us the opportunity and the strength and the power to make those changes so that we align our life with him? So we got a lot to cover today. Everybody ready to take some notes? All right, man, you guys are ready. But I I promise today that, you know, when we leave here, that God will give us something uh, to apply in our life. Every time that that I do a message, I mention this from time to time. Every time that that I sit down with the Lord, I said, Lord, show us where we need to grow. Start with me. You know, I say it every week. I'm preaching to me first. Show us how we need to listen to your word and and, and be transformed by, by your word. So that we are more of a light to this world. And sometimes it's not comfortable, is it? I think a lot of times people think Christianity is is comfortable. There might be seasons of that, but the truth is we deal with a lot of things that everybody else does, right? But the way we respond is the whole deal. And as we continue to just feed on what God has for us, I think that helps mold us and stretch us and, and all those things in between to become more like Christ. Amen. So I want to start out with our scripture today. If you got your Bibles, I got a lot of scriptures we're going to have up on the board, but we're going to do some references as well. So I want to start out, we're going to go ahead and just start out right from the platform of God's word. It says 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. It says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction and for the training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. You know what that tells me? We need to keep the Bible open. We need to be looking in the word of God. And, and you know, I've seen something this week somebody post. I don't know if I got it just right. Danny, maybe you can help me. I think you had it on your page, too. It's, it says something about don't try to rewrite the Bible because the Bible's written for us to readjust our life. Now, that's not exactly right, but that's the best I can do on the fly. Well, am I close? Yeah, I'm close. So, so you know, they want to change everything in the world, don't we? I mean, we've got to change this. We've got to change, oh, this is this, my feelings, this is going on. But you know what? What has to happen is we need to be transformed by the Word of God. We should be the one train, changing and being trained in the Word of God. Amen? So I wanted to look at a few things here today. And you can, don't raise your hand. All right, because somebody's going to get in trouble, right? Probably me. But how many people deal with some negative Nancys and negative Neds? Go ahead and raise your hand. (laughs) How many people think they might be that person? I didn't think I'd get any takers on that. (laughs) Hey, if you're sitting here today and you say, I sure wish such and such was here, this would work for them. Guess what? It's probably for you too, right? That's what I found out. It's probably for us too. But we're going to have a little fun with this, but we're also going to go deep in God's word because I love the title, Enough is Enough. And and we're going to to look at it from all different angles. But enough is enough. Sometimes you just hear the, the, the play, repeat, play, repeat, play, repeat. Again, I'll say this. I never minimize what somebody's going through. Tough times. I haven't been through some of the things that you guys have been through. You guys probably haven't been through what I've been through. But I know this. We can continue to look at the Lord and what he says to get through the other side. Amen. And that's what that's the whole thing today. But I I wanted to share a few thoughts on that. So I want to just kind of give you a little background on a few things here and just a little fellowship time. So I want to ask you guys, how do you deal with difficult folks? I wrote a few things down. Maybe if you guys got any more, I'll add it to the list. Well, we're in church. First thing we're going to say, we pray for them, don't we? 
That ain't the first thing you do, is it? You want to choke them, don't you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm just being honest. We're just, having, we're just having a little fun. But you know what? We should be praying for them, right? What about this? Do you confront them about it? Do you ever call them on it? Hmm, that's something. Do you just ignore them? Because you know what happens? It can be exhausting dealing with somebody. That's just an energy leak, just pulling Debbie down or over and over, just pulling you down and all those things. And, and what happens is, what we find is we're really not trusting the Lord if we keep repeating the same problem. I'm not saying that it automatically goes away, but we've got to get a different perspective on it so that we can change our hearts about it, so that God's working in the whole situation. How many know sometimes when you go through a situation, we don't see God in the middle of the storm all the time, but when we get over and we come through, we say, wow, God was right there. I'm the only one. <laughs> but man, you think, where are you? I'm so alone. Nobody cares. We might have all these things. Let me tell you, God cares. If you ever think that the Lord doesn't care for you, look to that cross. That says it all. But then look past the cross because he is risen. Amen. See, the devil leads you right up to the cross and say, well, he's defeated. No, no, no. Sunday's coming and he rose. Amen. So that's what I'm talking about. We have a live risen savior. And so there's no reason to continue in doubt and discontent. All these things. But you got people that can continue to just try to rob your joy over and over and over, man. It's, and, and here's something else. It's not our responsibility to make somebody happy all the time. I want you to hear that. We try to encourage them and everything else. But after a while, it's just, I, I can't do any more for you. Have you ever gotten in a relationship? It's like, I don't know how to help you. I've prayed for you. I've encouraged you. I, I, you know, whatever it may be. And then you, and, and they just stay there and they just stay there. Today, I pray that we get unstuck by using the leverage of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit to, to, to break us free and set us in the richness of who we are in Christ. Because his word says, hey, look, we got everything. We're fully equipped for every good work. God doesn't send you halfway out there and go, well, hands off. He's continuing to work in us. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and take a little look at a few things that I, I had pulled up. And, and, and I wanted to tell you how this really started off this week. This is something that I wrote and I put it on my Facebook. All right. I actually wrote that in 2011. I wrote that in 2011 and it popped up on my feed. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And I said, you know what? That still applies. So I wrote that. I'm going to read it to you. It says, a negative attitude drains your heart of its joy. Can I get an amen there? It keeps you focused on what is wrong and blinds you to the things that are right. Another amen will fit right there. Don't let it take root in your life because it will choke out your purpose, your freedom, and your friendships. It's a lonely road to walk. Just give it to God and enjoy the journey. I believe if we could apply that, we'd see a lot of different fruit being bared in our life. But you know what? It's tough. So I put that post on there, and let me tell you, in just a few hours, there was 25 shares, 30 comments, and 146 likes. You know what that tells me? There's a lot of people in the world dealing with this. So I said, wow, Lord, is that what we're going to preach on? So I went on and did a few more things. And guess what? Ran into a few more negative people, and I go, that must be it, right? That's the message. So I'm thinking, I'm listening. But, you know, it's so crazy. You know, we, we, we need to continue to, to dig into the world, word instead of digging into the world. And that's what I see all the time. And so if we look at this, I say, man, think about this. There's such a problem with all the negativity and stuff. I said, and I, I tell you why I believe there's such a, a problem is because we continue 
to edge God out of the equation of life. You ever notice that? We continue to edge him out. We don't want God involved until we've exhausted everything. We don't want God involved to tell us how to do it and anything else. We could do it our own way. You know what? That's a real big theme from the beginning of time in the Bible. And if we could look back and learn from that, we'd probably be a whole lot better off just to adjust our life to him already. So I wanted to talk about this. Uh, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. It's, it's sad, but, but it's, it's true. I looked at this here. In 1962, they took prayer out of school. So I was born in 1965, so they had a three-year head start on my life. How about that? And I said, you know what? They turned around and they said, you know what? They said in the motion, said the laws of, of prayer and stuff like that was unconstitutional. I don't know if you guys, and I'm not getting into a lot of government stuff, but I'm just telling you, when we start edging God out, you see what you get. You get the best that the world can give you, and there's no comparison to what God can give you. Amen? That's what we need to, to be looking at. And you know what? You know who I blame? The church. Us. We need to stand up. And we're at a place in time in our life right now when they're murdering children, unborn children, and so many other things that we need to stand up. That's what I'm going to say about that. Let's keep on going. So look at this. Come on down here. And I had a few other things. I said, you know, when we put God on the bat burner, what do you think you're going to get? What do, you, what do you think you're going to get? If you take the creator of the universe, the one who gave his life so we can have a personal relationship with the Lord, that we can have a way to heaven, that we can be secure, where we can, can turn around and come boldly to the throne of grace, where we can turn around and ask for wisdom that he gives just lavishly to us, that we're set in the family of God. And then we say, no, I don't want none of that. Boy, you're settling, aren't you? You're not even settling. We're just crazy to, to walk away from that deal. But we do. So I, I had a few things. This is just a little appetizer. How many people like going out to eat? I know I do. <laughs> I know I do. If y'all look, I'm always going somewhere to eat. I said, it's hard. You know, my business is just talking to people and eating. It's hard to stay thin like that, but that's all right. Let's keep on going. So I wanted to take a few things. That's my story anyway. <laughs> so here's the appetizer. And I just slid this in yesterday when I was, was doing a few more things, putting the last couple of slides together. I call this joy robbers. See if you got any of these in your life. Now, let me tell you a couple of things. I'm going to give you five things about some joy robbers in our life, okay? Number one, they got a critical eye. Oh, yeah, man, you know it. They see everything that is wrong with everyone else's life. And you know what? They don't, mean, they don't mind telling you about it either. You know, you should do that. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Well, all you got to do is, if I hear all you got to do is one more time, I'm going to scream. So, Anybody know anybody with a critical eye? Just look around and say, I don't know. Let's keep on going. How about this? How about the Joel Roberts when we got wrong expectations of what's going on? We got wrong expectations. They, they view things through their own wind. And, it, and then it's not, if it's not the way they want it, it's like, man, if it's not for their immediate gain, man, there's a problem. We need to regroup. We need to redo this thing. I don't want to play no more. Just a couple of things you might want to look down and then look in the mirror. Preaching to me first. How about this? Oh, oh. Amen. Woo! So they didn't want nobody to tell you. Look at this. <laughs> we still going, Satan. We're moving forward. Here we go. How about negative friends? Don't look left. Don't look right. Just look at me. Sometimes we get some negative friends, don't we? Oh, we get the naysayers. All you need sometimes is just a little cheerleader. Just say, you can do it, man. You can do it. 
But boy, we can find them. Can they come out of the woodwork? Oh, well, my gosh. Oh, you said, I knew you was going to have problems with that. <laughs> well, you should have known that. What were you thinking? Well, here's one. You ready? If that was me and then the neck. If that was me, that I'd be doing the hula hoop thing. If that was me, I'm going to tell you right now what I'd do. Whoo! How about just pray for me? It's crazy, isn't it? Look at this. How about this? How about some unresolved hurt? We carry a lot of junk into the next relationship. We come into the, the next situation. You know, what's the old saying? Hurt people hurt people. Give it to God. I'm not saying these things are easy. I think these things need to be addressed so that we can make the course corrections in our life. All right, I'm going to bring it home here. How about this? Poor time management. You say, how in the world we get that? If we don't have our priorities set, guess what? They'll, set, they'll get set for us. So if you don't turn around and, and etch out some of your day, right, to spend with God, guess what? It's going to get passed over. It's going to get passed over. Everything is going to happen. The doorbell is going to ring and everything else. And guess what? That happens at our house. We ain't even got a doorbell. Stuff will start happening. I say, what is that? And they say, oh, it's the TV. <laughs> you know, okay. I was just getting ready to study some word. But we look at that all the time. But I said, if you waste away all the day worrying about tomorrow, you're not going to have much of it today. You ever seen that? You ever seen people that do that? Waste away all the day because they worry about, well, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I might not be here tomorrow. I'm not saying don't get a plan. I'm not saying don't be concerned, but don't let it drive your bus, okay? Because so often we could turn around and go, well, I just don't know. How am I going to get that done? And you spend 25 minutes telling everybody what you got to do, and you could have got three things off your list if you just went and did them. Woo! Ding! I could have dropped a pin right there, couldn't I? It's crazy. And then we got to rehearse the hurt, too. Oh, me. I just don't know. And this is not on the list, but I'll tell you, have you ever had anybody answer for you? I'm 54 years old. I'm going to tell you all right now, I don't need anybody messing up anything for me. I could do it good by myself. And I promise you, if I got a problem, I'll say, can, can we talk? Can we do that? But I've been in my life at work and different things like that. Well, you know, buddy, I, I, I tell you what, I, I think, but I, you, what? I think buddy thinks, no, did you ask him? <laughs> no. <laughs> what did, did he say that? No. And then you come into a meeting, everybody's like, oh my gosh. Did I miss something? What did I tell you the other day? Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Set the, set the temperature of the room. Set it in your relationships. Set that status where you believe God wants you to set it. Because if not, you're just following along. And I can tell you what, the ways of the world will have it up and down and up and down, and you'll be all over the place right there. But God calls us to be the leaders. Everybody doing all right? That was for free. That was just a little something extra, all right? Well, let's keep on going. So I want to talk about the breakdown. And I got some scriptures in here. And look at this. Psalm 14.1 says, Only fools say in their heart there is no God. They are corrupt, and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Hmm. Think about that. I said, see, if you believe there's no God, you're already deceived already. The enemy has you on the ropes right where you are. Have you ever asked people what they believe? There's, there's people that, that, that have a form of God with the little g, which they make up their self. Well, you know, if I just do good, then that's going to be all right. And, and this is what's going to happen. Well, there's a lot of bad things that happen to great people. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? But how do we handle those things? I'm going to tell you what, I don't want to go through anything without God. How about you? 
Have you been, let me ask you this. Have you ever been through something, maybe before you, you, you came to the saving knowledge of Christ, and then went through something that was just, just as crazy with him? Is there a difference? There's a big difference, isn't it? I've talked to people that's been through some major stuff, and they go, I don't know how I would have made it without the Lord. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how I would make it out of the, out of the bedroom without the Lord. Amen. Man, I tell you what, sometimes I get up in the morning, it sounds like somebody stepping on a box of Ritz crackers. <laughs> what is that? My leg, my knee. I'm going to keep on going. Man, I'm waiting for Andy, Andy Griffith to go, mm-mm-mm, good cracker. <laughs> Stuff popping and doing like that. But you know what? We keep on rolling. What else we got? I said, if you have no God, you have no compass. Think about that. You have no compass. Uh, you, you, how are you going to navigate this, 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 this crazy stuff going on? Who's going to be calling the shots in your life if God's not in control? I got to answer. You. That's, that's kind of funny, isn't it? It is when you think about it. To think that we know better than what God knows. But we act like it, don't we? Well, I just tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do You know what? We've got to have the compass. Here we go. How about this? The compass, God's word in our life, going back and forth and looking at that. Lord, how, how, how would you have me respond to this? Lord, what do you say about this? He speaks to every problem that we will ever have in our life in his word. And he shows us how to deal with it. I didn't say it's always going to be comfortable. I didn't say it's always going to be fun. But I'm going to tell you what, we've got a path with him. Amen. Let's take a look at this kind of piggybacks on that. I said, if you have no map, you have no direction. Now, y'all remember before the GPS came out? Yes. Let me tell you something. You need to have a navigator or a map. Now, many of y'all know some of my background. I think I've always worked two jobs. And one of the jobs that I had, me and my buddy had a delivery business for three of the mattress discounter stores. I have had mattress on my back for six and a half years, up and down and all around and everything else. And I've seen stuff that people put under their bed that I don't even want to talk about. It's rough. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so this is what we would do when we would get our list. We would get our map. We get a map. F5, this, I mean, you're connecting the dots. It's like a bingo game and all this. But the good thing was, my, my business partner, Earl, if you're on there, thank you very much, he was a meter reader at the time. Now, if you're a meter reader, you have been in every backyard, all up and down, everything else. He goes, we, we don't need that. I know where it is. I said, where's it at? He said, we're going to go down to this boat I was looking at. We're going to go down. They got a big dog over there on the left. We're going to turn, and they got a big air conditioner in the back. I think it's about a 15,000 BTU. I said, how do you know that? He said, I hit it on my head the other day when I was walking back there. <laughs> it's crazy, man. But doggone, we'd get down there, and sure enough, you know, down there, here comes the big dog. Here we go. And we'd go looking around because he had been down that path before. See, God can use you to encourage somebody else when you've been down that path before. But are you willing? Is your receiver on? Is your receiver on? I know a lot of times we like to transmit, don't we? Beep, 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 beep. And you're trying to get a message back to them, and it's still beep, 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 beep. And after a while, guess what happens in that relationship? You just shut down because it's like, why? Why even ask? Aren't you glad that God doesn't stop sending signals, putting people in your life, showing you stuff? I'm going to share a little something in a minute that God showed me this week. How about this? I love this verse. I, I share it a lot. And here we go. 
Romans 12 two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It didn't say do it one time. It says renewing with the ING on. It's continuing, right? Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. How many people want to know what God's will is? Spend time in his word, right? All right. It says so you can prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Man. I look at this here and I said, see, the pattern of the world it, it, it's, it's just edged out God out of the equation of life. And I said that earlier. And it says this here, it says that the fool says there's no God. But let me tell you something. I don't have enough faith. I want you to hear how I'm saying this. I don't have enough faith to believe that there's not God. I would have to believe that a tadpole four million years ago came along, had babies, developed lungs, come out of a mud puddle, moved on to this and moved on to that, then turned into a monkey, and then somehow I got here. I ain't got that much faith. How about y'all? I really don't. I don't have that much faith. I can believe that Jesus Christ came and lived a sinless life. You can look all around. He's got, we got a word on that. You can turn around and see what's going on there. But think about that. If we were a monkey, why we still got monkeys? Just asking. I'm just thinking. I really wonder how, so, can, can you believe that? Can you imagine? How about the Big Bang, Big Bang Theory? You know, 4,416 years ago, two rocks busted together, and then there was the monkey, and then us and all that. How many people in here, I'm, I'm going to see, believe if I take a bunch of firecrackers, go down to the junkyard down there, wind up, throw that baby in there, and wait for a brand new refurbished 1957 Chevy to roll out of there. Boom! That ain't going to happen, is it? So I think that one's off the table. But I'm going to tell you what. I do believe that God is who he says he is. And I do believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Let's look at this. Genesis 1-7. He says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We're made in his likeness. We have free will. We can love. And I, I wrote down here, I said, yet when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, sin came rolling in. And we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Look at somebody and say, enough's enough. Enough's enough. You don't have to live under that. You can live in the grace of God from the sacrifice of Christ and believe in him and walk in a whole new light today. See, it's not, you, you don't got to get warmed up, and you don't have to get good enough, and you don't have to give enough. You just got to look up and receive what Jesus Christ has done for you. Amen? Oh, let's get going. Everybody doing good so far? You know why? Because he loved you so much that Christ came down. We couldn't go, so he came down. Look at this. Good scriptures reference here. Let's take a look at this. It says, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. See, the son was obedient to the father. Jesus came because we couldn't go to him. Our sin separates us from his holiness, but his perfect sacrifice gives us total access back to the father. Man, isn't that something? I remember years ago, there used to be a little nightclub called Heartbreak Alley. Anybody remember that? Don't raise your hand. Everybody going to think different of you, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you wanted to go to Heartbreak Alley, you had to be in the loop, baby. So you had to have the VIP card. You got to know somebody. You got to have that thing. Well, one of my karate buddies was the bouncer. So I had to end. I said, hey, man, hey, 
Can you hook me up? You know, come on in there, right? So you're thinking, you, man, you're, you're, you're somebody, right? Because you're a VIP. I think that place is closed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they change names and everything else. Let me tell you what. You have more than a VIP card with Jesus. You have the spirit of God living in us. We have total access to God. Let me tell you what, if you think you're excited about some of these little things that, that we're allowed to do and places we're allowed to go and people that we get to meet, let me tell you what, I want you to meet Jesus today. I want you to meet Jesus today. And this is what he does. He does what the Father says. Look at this. John 3, 3 17. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's love for us drove him here. He desires for all men to be saved. But here's the thing. We've got free will and we have a choice in many times. We choose our way, not his way. Bob talks about that the Lord stands at the, the door of our heart and knocks. Waiting for us to just say, Lord, come in. If there's somebody listening right now, if there's somebody here today that never opened their hearts up to that nudge or that knock of the Lord, I pray that today is the day. And he just continues to nudge us and woo us to come to him, to come back to him. How about this? Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's why he came. I'll break it down. This is how I would have to hear it if I was out in the street and somebody told me, look, man, you are so messed up that you couldn't fix yourself, that God loved you. He came down here to fix it. I go, well, why didn't you just tell me that? There was no King James in there or nothing. It was just like, you need Jesus. Okay, you're right, I do. How did I get to him? What I got to give up? Where did I got to go? How much does it cost? All right. Did anybody ever have those? Did they ever have those questions in? I know I did. The enemy would lie to me and tell me all types of things. How, you know what? You got to stop this. You can't do that and all this. But really what it is, is not a stop sign in our life. It's a yield sign. And if we yield our life to Christ, he will fill us up with so much more. I talk to people a lot, and, and, and many of y'all know I played in rock and roll bands and stuff like that. And I remember when I finally made that decision, I'm out, I'm all in with Jesus as far as that goes. So I left the band and everything else, and I had guys call me up to go, hey, man. They always do that. The band guys always, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, what's up, dude? I heard that uh, you got out of the band. I said, yeah. I said, I'm starting a new band. You are? Yeah. What are y'all going to do, like Skinner, man? What are y'all going to do, some Molly Hatchet, Van Halen? I said, no, man, we're going to play, we're going to jam for Jesus. They go, oh, I, I heard, I heard you got some religion. <laughs> no, I got Jesus. <laughs> it's not wearing off, baby. I'm in, you know. And, 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 and so when we start stepping into things like that, it was like, man, I can't believe you're leaving all this. <laughs> I'm leaving all this. I run in place. With a guitar strapped around my back from 9.30 to 1.30, Friday and Saturday. Come home smelling like a cigarette butt, right? Denise won't even let me in the house with the clothes on because i got to take them off in the garage. And I come in like that. I sleep half the day and everything else. And everybody else is slobbered, backed into my truck, everything else. I can't hear nothing for two days. I think I'm going to go with Jesus. <laughs> boy, boy, we had a good time, didn't we? What? I still got a test pattern in my ear half the time going, ooh. So if I'm looking at you, go like this, it's just a little leftover. And they say, but you're going to leave all that? <laughs> yes, I am. Matter of fact, I might run. But see, the lie of the enemy is, you don't want to leave that, man. Y'all are rocking the house. <laughs> you know what? 
It's crazy. I'm 54 right now. I'm pretty sure nobody in here wants to see me jump off a pool table and play my guitar behind my head with this belly. Y'all be like, we need to pray for him. I can see my boys going, Dad, get down. Dad, get off the pool table. Your kids don't want to see that, right? So you know what? We go through different things. Y'all didn't have to laugh that hard. Everybody's going, oh. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord came to seek and save that which was lost. He came outside the church. He goes in the grocery store. He works through you. He works through me to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you excited about that? I'm so glad to know about the Lord. I want everybody to know about the Lord because I understand the other side of not knowing the Lord is this. It's hell. It's hell. We're going to get to that in a minute too. Does it concern you if somebody doesn't know the Lord? Not because they just don't believe like you, but as a Christian, as a believer of this book right here, the inspired word of God, you know when you reject God and his gift of salvation, there's one thing left, hell, for eternity. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff, read a lot of different things. It'd be amazing, it, it is amazing when you see people interviewed and say, well, what do you believe? They got some crazy stuff out there. And I'll tell you something else I found out. Before you send your kids off to college or whatever, you better make sure they're grounded. Because they're going to get hit with everything in the world, amen? So you want to make sure they know. This is what I told Thomas when he was going to school. Same goes with Jesse. I said, I will not finance your destruction. They're like, what? You know what that means? I'll help you any way I can. But this is what we stand for. This is the deal. Don't come back in there and go, well, well, what about, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, well, what does the word say? We're going to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. Well, look at this. Tell you a little bit more how much he loves you. Look at this. I love this verse. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet jumping off the pool table, God died for us. While we're still uh, bad relationships, God died for us. While we were still not doing what we we're supposed to do, he died for us so that you may know the love of Christ. So that he could set us in the family. So that he could turn around and say, I love you. I saved you. I want to use you in a mighty way right where you are. Let me tell you this. It's just hitting my heart while I'm talking. Never think that God will not use you right where you are. I'm going to tell you what. It's amazing. I have seen God work in so many different ways and so many different people. It just blows me away. You're looking at one of them. It's crazy. Every, every Sunday I get up, I, get, I go, man, Lord, this is awesome. I get to tell people about you. I get to tell people about you. It's, it's, I love it. Because that's my story now. That's my life now. That doesn't mean Pastor Buddy does everything right and perfect and all that. I wish I did. And that doesn't mean Pastor Buddy says follow him. Pastor Buddy says follow the Lord. I want to do my very best to point to him. I'll let you down. I'm a man. I don't want to, but the truth of the matter is, I will. So we got to keep pointing people to Jesus. Amen. And look at this. He came to us. Look at this here. Oh, now it's going to get good. You said come here Tuesday. You said come here Tuesday. Let me share a little something with you. All right, here we go. Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I were created by God in a very unique way. Look at this. The Greek word for workmanship is poema. Can't even hardly say it. It's actually got an I in there, but I didn't fix it. 
And it, so what it really means is this. God made us in a very unique way. Look next to you and look back to the side of you and say amen. We're very unique. Now, this is one of the things that we learned from our Bible study the other night. So the Greek word for workmanship is our word poem. So let's kind of insert that and go back here. For we are his poem created in Christ Jesus for good works. God has written out a storyline for your life. Are you willing to continue to walk in that? I think that's so cool. God ever wake you up and show you some cool stuff at night? He does that a lot with me at night. I guess it's the only time my mouth shut, but I'm still snoring probably. Aren't <laughs> but I'm going to show you a little something that the Lord showed me this week, okay? I got up, didn't grab my phone, didn't do anything, and I sat in my chair and I go, Lord, what? I can always tell when the Lord's nudging me. And I just sat there, I said, what are you showing me? So I'm going to try to tell you what I believe the Lord was showing me to encourage you in the Lord today. He showed me a pencil. I said, okay. He said, you know that pencil has got so much potential. He said, it's like your life. I said, okay, Lord. He said, what's in the pencil? I said, lead. He said, what's in your life? The Holy Spirit. He says, you know what? What happens when you open my word in your life and you start looking at things in your life and making adjustments? It's kind of like a pencil sharpener. What happens when you sharpen that pencil? I said, well, Lord, more of the lead's revealed and there's less of the pencil. He says, when you open my word and you adjust your life, there's more of my Holy Spirit being revealed to the world and less of you. Oh, it's getting good now, right? And I'm sitting there going, I probably need to write this down. He said, the difference in this pencil is who's holding the pencil. This pencil right here could write a poem. This pencil right here could write a song. It could write a love letter. It could sign a contract. Or it could sign a toe tag, a Dear John letter. But the real deal is, who's holding the pencil? In other words, who's holding your life? Whose hand is the pencil in? Whose hand is your life in? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord? Oh, but he had to give me one more to cap it off. He said, you see that eraser? I said, yeah. He said, that's my grace and my mercy. And when things scribble in your life and things happen in your life, there's enough grace and mercy for me to blot all your sin out. I said, but Lord, there's a lot of sin in my life. He said, that's all right. I got more. And I got more. Oh, wait a minute. And I got more. And I got more. And I got more. Because we cannot outsend the grace of God. A lot of people still try it. I don't recommend it. 
but I'm here today. The next time you grab a pencil, think about that. God is so amazing that he could give a whole sermon in a pencil. I never thought about that. Have you ever thought about that? What else is God putting around you as a poem and writing on the heart, on your hearts, to tell you, I love you. I'm more than enough. He wrote us a love story. He wrote the love story, man, for us. All through here. All through here. This is your love letter from the creator of the universe. This is your love letter from your heavenly father. If you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is, this is a letter that he's wrote to you. If you haven't put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he wrote this for you so that you would know him. Come back home. But see, the enemy wants that Bible shut. He doesn't want you to gain with Christ. He wants to keep you on the sidelines of life. Jesus came down to rescue us. You want some good news? We're on the countdown because he's coming back again. The work on the cross is finished. When he comes back, it's to bring us home. Anybody ready for that? Look at this. Have you ever heard this? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Man. Over and over and over. Time's going by. You know I love this. Think about that. That is forever on my mind. You say, what is it? It's time. It's time. You can't get it back. Now, on this thing, you can flip it back over, but here's the truth of the matter. Let me tell you something right here. It's going by. Every grain is going by. You can make it for an hour. You can make it a second, whatever you want to do. Also, the Lord showed me this. You know what? If every one of those were sin in your life, buddy, I've covered them because I love you. Because you know what? My grace is sufficient over and over. So we look forward to him coming back. Jesus wants us back. Look at this here. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sin of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting for the Lord? Are you saying, man, Lord, I know you're coming back. I want to make sure my life's in, in, in line. I want to make sure that I'm doing what you're, you want me to do. You know what? There's adjustments every day. Every day. I'll tell you what. I need to be more concerned about the adjustments in my life than everybody else's life. Because if I make the right adjustments in my life, then people will look to my life as one following Christ. Amen? Ultimately, we want them to see Christ. But you know what? It's hard to point when you're, you're pointing at everybody else. It's hard to point to him when you point to everybody else. You know? Look at this. I want the urgency to just swell up in us today. Mark 13, 32 said, But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels are in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Let me tell you what. Time is at hand. Time's at hand. It could be by the time I go, hey, everybody, that could be it. I, saw, I talked about this the other day, and I talked about, well, you know, if the Lord appeared to us today and said, hey, I'll be back at noon, how would you, how would you spend the last couple of hours? I bet you'd be calling everybody. I bet you'd be telling everybody. How many people did we invite to church this week? How many people did we pray for this week? I ain't, I ain't picking on anybody. I'm just asking you. 
You know what? Because we want them to know. How many people have you shared your faith with in the last month? How many people have you, have, have you just told, hey, this is why I do what I do. This is why I give what I give. This is why I pray the way I do. This is because I'm blessed. This is why I raise my children the way I do. This is the way I treat my wife because of this. This is the way I turn around and I work and I have the work ethic because of what he's done for me. See, it's not just on Sundays. It's just not on some days. It should be ingrained in us just like this. Just like that lead walking through that pencil. So it's Holy Spirit working through our life and being revealed to the world. And sometimes we need to sharpen up with the word of God and be less of us and more him. Somebody say amen. So that the world will get a really good picture of who he is and, and, and who we are not. But look at this. Therefore, you must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Man. You've heard the verse, he said, come back like a thief in the night. Does the thief go, hey, just want to let y'all know I'm breaking in Tuesday at 3 o'clock, okay? Make sure all the jewelry and stuff's out there. I don't want to hurt my back getting under the bed or whatever. You don't hear that. Has anybody ever been robbed? Broke into? It's terrible. I'll tell you a real quick story. Years ago, I had moved out. My mom and dad went out of town and went to my grandmother's house. And guess who's in charge? I got to take care of the house. Wonderful. It's right about Christmas time. So I didn't make it over that night. And I said, well, I better go on by and make sure everything's cool. And I opened up the door, unlocked the door, walked in. And my mom's house is always tight and right, you know. It's been like that. And, and there was the, the, the tree that she's got, this little tree that's been there for 460 years, right there. And it's supposed to be over there. I always said, if I go blind, I got to move home because mama ain't moved nothing. Just trying to make it around. It's always the same one. And then there was like letters on the floor and everything else. And I was looking around and I was the only one in the house. And I heard somebody say this with my voice. We've been robbed. <laughs> it was me. I was like, we've been robbed. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, oh, my goodness. We've been robbed. I'm going around looking everywhere. I mean, I'm all over the place. I'm going back here. And they go, I go, I, I don't know what they took because I don't live here no more. I go, oh, I gotta call my, I gotta call my dad. I ain't calling my mom. She'll start crying. Then I'll start crying. Okay, so I call my grandmother's house. I say, hey, Grams, what's going on? I'm trying to be real cool. In through the nose, out through the mouth. I said, where's dad? Oh, he went to go pick up some barbecue. See, I get it, honest. He went to go pick up some barbecue. I said, uh, he just left. I said, ah, don't say nothing. But we just got robbed. Oh, we got robbed. <laughs> I heard my mom go, ah, right? How long till dad gets back? <laughs> Not good. My dad said, go look here. Go look over here. Go look. And, it really, and, and you know what's crazy? I guess the thief had a heart. Because if my dad had four watches, they only took two. And they just, they just got a bunch of stuff and left. It's crazy. So I said, I guess I better call the police. So the police come over there. And they said, uh, how many people got a key to this house? Because it looked like, you know, they just, I don't know what's going on here. I said, they didn't break the window. I said, I guess they just kind of pushed the door in. And all that. He said, how many people got keys? I go, uh, me? He said, well, how many people, how, how many people has been over here in the last little bit? Me, I, I became the number one suspect. And I called the law. I'm like, I said, man, I ain't take nothing. He said, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, I, he said, well, what's missing? I said, I don't know. 
And so then they were really encouraging. He said, hey, look, they probably ain't going to find anything. Somebody probably did this. It looked like they did the grab and go, probably going to cash it in for drug money, whatever the case is. He said, but if you want me to do fingerprints and everything, I can, but it's just going to mess your mom and dad's house up. I said, we want them. Do it. <laughs> do you know how much dust comes off some fingerprint stuff? <laughs> Guess who probably 98% of the fingerprints were? They were even going in the refrigerator checking a mayonnaise jar. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, people put money in the refrigerator. I think this guy was just hungry. He looking all in there. I was like, you want a sandwich? What's going on? It was crazy, but I tell you all these things, right? Because I, I, I never thought I'd be in that place. But let me tell you, they didn't announce it. I'm going to tie it in. Hold with me. <laughs> just like a thief in the night. The Lord's coming back. See, if I would have been prepared, I might have probably locked something or had some, something else going on. Maybe had all the cameras going, everything. Else. I'd have been ready for him, boy. I'd have been sitting right there. I said, go get him, Sasha. <laughs> Better yet, just, just throw like ham and cheese on the guy and get him. <laughs> That's about the only way she's going to Go get him, girl. You go get him. But you know what? We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be about the Lord's business. So that's the pretty much message right there, pretty much of the whole message. But I got a little question to answer time, but I reserved the right to ask the questions. Is that cool? Here we go. So are you prepared? Think about that. We prepare a lot of things in life for the most part. We got insurance, we got this, we, we've got that. I'll ask this, how many people got a will? That's good. That's good. So somewhat prepared. But how many people got a home in heaven? How many people know where they're going when they leave here? How many people know what Christ has done for them? Come on, somebody. We ought to be yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. How about this? What about this? Are you focused on the now? Are you so focused on the now that you neglect the eternity? Oh, man, we got to get it. I talk to guys all the time. We focus on that. Well, you know what? When I get to this age, I'm going to have this paid off. I'm going to have this boat over here. I'm going to do this and everything else. I can't spend no money now. I'm going to do this here and all this. I'd like to go to church, but I'm too busy building this. You know what I'm talking about. And next thing you know, we turn around and, and they say, hey, can you preach such and such funeral? See, we're, we're living so much for the now that we never think about the eternal part. People say, man, buddy, you, you crazy. You're always thinking about eternity. You're always thinking about dying. You're thinking about, no, I'm thinking about living now. So when I do live here, that I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's my prayer. That's my goal. I know I'm secure in Christ. How about you guys? I put my faith and trust in him. Let's talk about that a little bit. How about this? Have we repented from our sins? Are you secure in Christ? You know who secures us in Christ? Christ. He's the anchor. Here we go. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? So look at all those things. Are we prepared? Are you so focused on the now that we neglect eternity? Do you have a burden for lost souls? I mentioned that early. Do you have a burden for lost souls? Does it concern you that maybe your neighbor don't know Jesus? Or your mom don't know Jesus? Or your kids don't know Jesus? Or the people you work with don't know Jesus. Or your husband don't know Jesus. Or anybody doesn't know Jesus. That should concern us. Because as Christians, like I said earlier, we know the deal. 
We know if we reject the only way to heaven, guess what? The only thing left is hell. The only thing left is hell. So when we look at those things, we need to be aware and ready to roll. So let me ask you a question. Have you received Christ? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I told you this story a long time ago, and I'll, I'll make it brief. I met a guy that was digging a hole at work. I mean a big hole. And I got talking to him. And I got sharing my faith with him a little bit. And as we were going through and talking about a few things, I said, man, what would keep you from giving your life to the Lord? I, I told him about our sins separating us from, from awesome and holy Lord and, and that, that God loved us so much that he came and bore our sin. He paid our sin debt in full. And there's only one way to heaven. I gave him the gospel. And I could see God was working on him because there was tears in his eye and the Holy Spirit was convicting him. And, and, and he, he says, let me think about it for a minute, man. Let me think about it. I said, okay, man, but you know what? I'm not putting a hard sail on you. I'm just giving you the information. He said, would you come back after lunch and talk to me? I said, absolutely. Man, I choked down my sandwich and I was waiting for him. And I come back. And he was in that hole. And all I could think of is, you know what, brother, you're in that hole right there. For real. We're in the pit without Christ. And he took his hat off. And he says, you know what, man, I need Jesus. I said, get out. Get out. And I kept pulling that guy out. And man, he was big. And I just kept pulling. And I kept pulling. And we got two grown men crying like babies out there. And that boy gave his life to the Lord. Somebody say amen. That's what it's all about. But you know what? Sometimes we don't have after lunch. But God was gracious. You never know whose life you're going to touch or who you're going to impact. I didn't know the guy. Two days later, a friend of mine come by. He said, hey, man, how you doing? I ain't never seen a smile on this guy's face like this the whole time I know him. He said, you got a minute? I said, yeah, yeah, man, what's up? And he come over and he puts his arms around me. He says, I appreciate what you've done for my son. I'm like, who's your son? He says, the guy you pulled out of pit and told him about Jesus yesterday, the day before. Thanks. I said, man, that's God working, not me. He said, but he used you and you were willing. Are you willing to take the time to pull somebody out of the pit? Ultimately, it's God, but he might use you as the rope. He might use you as the hook. He might use you as, the, as, as that last piece of the puzzle. And lastly, it's this. Enough's enough, man. Enough is enough. Are you tired of all the negative stuff in life? Are you tired of, of just being running around, running around, and running around everything else? Slow down. Take a deep breath. And tell me, what do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ came and lived a sinless life and laid down his life for you? Have you put your faith and trust in that? Do you know that your sin and our sin and all of sin and fall short of the glory of God? Let's make it personal. I'm blown it. Why did I sin? Because you know what? All men sin and women and people because it was a fall of man. When Adam and Eve blew it, they passed it on to us. One other thing. 
How many people remember making those cassettes tapes? You, you'd get a tape and you make a copy of it. And you'd get a tape and make a copy of it, right? And if there was a, a hiccup on that tape, guess what? It got passed on to the next tape, right? There was a hiccup called sin in the garden, and it was passed on to you and me. But let me tell you, the master came down and paid the price, and he set the record straight. And enough is enough. We have let the devil rob us too much. We have walked around being defeated and doubting when we need to be walking in faith. We need to turn around and stand up and say, today is the day that I'm going to claim who I am in Jesus, whose I am. Hey, I'm going to get some more gas mileage out of this pencil. And whose hand will I put my life in? Whose hand am I going to put my life in? I'm going to trust you with it, Lord. I'm going to trust you with it. Write my story. Erase my sin. And fill me with your spirit. Today, I pray that the Lord spoke to some hearts and we make some course corrections because God is more than enough. But enough is enough. Amen. We're trusting Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for all you do, all you've done, and how gracious you are to each one of us. And Father, I pray if there's one here today that's never put their faith and trust in you, that today is the day. If there's somebody listening, whether it's today, next week, six months from now, I don't care, Lord. Bring them in. Father, we point people to you because you are the only way. You're the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by you. Father, show us our need for you. And show us the grace to follow. If that's you today, you say, what would I do? But what would what, what I say? What? Believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus. That God raised him from the dead. That he's the son of God. Understand that our sin separates us from God. Say, Lord, today, wash me clean. I'm trusting you. What you did on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. Paying my sin debt in full. You sit on the right-hand side of God interceding for me today, Lord, I want that. I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm not talking because, you know, you, you, you feel emotional about it or anything. I'm telling you, this is the truth and this is the way. And his name is Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. He'll never let you down. He loves you. He died for you. Live for him. Everybody said amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, everybody. <laughs>